Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. And we're back again to discuss the Chelsea loss and move on very quickly to talk about the Sheffield United game coming up this weekend. We're also going to spend a bit of time covering the recent women's results, their 16-0 victory against Stenningtown, a club record um, and one of the highest scores in the Women's FA Cup this season. Here to talk it all through, we have Sammy. How are we today, Sam? Um, not great. Um, uh, you know what? I I, th- I think I think we both know there's going to be a lot of negativity on display in this podcast today. Um, uh, so you know what? I'm I'm just I'm just I've actually pre-prepared a a comprehensive list of things that I love or things that I love at this stage. So to to rattle them off. Um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I very much enjoyed that. I enjoyed um, JPEG Mafia's most recent album. I like the color orange. I've been listening to Stephen Fry Heroes, the audiobook. I really like all of those things. Now, let's spend the next 20 minutes talking about a whole bunch of stuff I really don't like. One of your better interests, Sammy. I, I very you. much enjoyed that. Thank um, you. Uh, look, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a... It's horrible talking about a loss at any time, but talking about a loss like the one we had against Chelsea is a bit rough. Um, a, a shout out as well. Obviously, we are just the two of us tonight again. Um, Elton on his final day of his holiday. Hopefully, he's tuning in online. In fact, hopefully, he's not tuning into this one. Hopefully, he's out enjoying a lovely dinner with uh, our mother yeah, and uh, actually yeah. enjoying their final night of a holiday after a, yeah, a couple of weeks up north. So, um yeah, actually, just the two of us to talk this one through. Actually, as well, for the listeners, uh, Elton's grown a beautiful beard in this time period as well, and I very much want to see that when he returns. So if we peer pressure him, maybe he'll keep it, fingers crossed. I mean, he's got a bit of work to do to catch up to both of us. but That's very true. I mean, we must have got our beards from somewhere, so I assume it's deep down inside him somewhere <laughs> deep. Um, Sammy, you said before, this is a... It's just not fun talking about these games and a loss to Chelsea hurts, especially as we were so like positive going into this game. Oh, I just, I, I honestly, I just really don't want to discuss it. <laughs> um, like, you have to, uh, you must. what else do I love? Go back to the notes. No, I won't. Um, look, I mean, obviously, there's the loss itself. Um, the loss to Chelsea is the added sting. I know you didn't get this, but. I just copped um, a whole bunch from a couple of my friends who are Chelsea supporters in the most uh, smug Chelsea way physically possible because they've been quiet all season and now they've just come out of um, the ether just to just just to rub that one in. It's just it's just and you know what I I could probably forgiven uh, the loss if it felt like an earnest intense contest. But like we we just weren't there. Like I mean, the, the, like the hard the hardest part about like what we're going to discuss here is we could probably like rattle on about the, the subtext of the game for a really really long time. Actually, talking about the game itself, we just, like especially in that first half, we we just weren't even there at all. Like, uh, is yeah i mean do some tactical analysis because i i I can i can waffle about the negative for a while you know well i think the biggest thing is just the the sloppiness i mean 
you, you could put the first goal down to some good movement. It's a really lovely chip over the top from, uh, I think it's Lee, it's Colwell puts Cole, the ball yeah, in. He, yeah. he dinks it over the top of um, of Diop. You know, a few people saying maybe Diop should have done better there. A little bit harsh, I think. Um, but it, it's a good finish from Mudrick as well. Like he puts it through the legs of... Uh, of uh, Leno, we, we you kind of hope that maybe Leno does better there as well. But again, I don't think you could really lay any blame for that goal. The, the big issue for me is how we just seem to switch off. And it's something that I think Fulham have been pretty good at the last few years. We don't have those moments where we we just switch off. And to concede two goals in, I think it was like 90 seconds or something stupid like that. Yeah. And the 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 sloppiness of it, It's it's a shanked pass from Tim Reen and we saw it kind of in that Brentford game as well where Diop shanked a back pass and it's just those little moments where you take your foot off the gas and you you're not concentrating and you make an error like that and Reen passes it straight to the Chelsea player and it's just sort of game over from there like it's it's always in the favor of the striker and you know the luck was sort of against us Reen sort of gets back he he tackles sort of and it comes off Brogia's, um, Brogia's shin into the back of the net. But, you know, 2-0 down, for me, that was pretty much game over. It's it's so annoying as well because it's Mudrig as well. And, like, statistically speaking, he's been awful. Like, he really has. And, like, Chelsea fans have been, have been really up in arms and being like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, but we've got, like, a good system. Yeah, it's going to work. And he's really, really fast and all that kind of stuff. But for him to score is just so, it's so demoralizing, and like for it to be against us, and then for um like uh Borussia Borussia to like score as well, it's just it's just adding insult to injury, and it was it's just it was just so dejecting because mm. I mean of all the players that you could have expected, like I I could probably accept that from Kai Sato. But like from Modric, it just hurts. I don't know about you, but it just hurts so much more because I'm like, this shouldn't happen. Like he's he's like the outlier. Um, uh, it, it just uh, it just hurts because like it was like this. This really was our game for the taking. And like, I mean, it, like, it, I'm not I'm not saying anything that any any fan isn't already going to say. But they were just they were just so on the ropes and for like like for 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 us you all you really hope is that um Silver's gonna pick the right team and that they're just gonna try anything and everything and we just got completely ransacked in midfield. They had so much space the entire game. I don't know why they, it was so uh, it's just really poor selecting from Silver. Like I this this is one of the games where I saw the team sheet and I was like, I don't really like that. And then, and then it just, yeah, it's just bad. I mean, like, and to be fair, to be fair to um, uh, Jimenez and like a bunch of the other guys that could potentially cop criticism, like Reem and such, I, I do, I do um, uh, adhere to the general kind of uh, football consensus that it's, entirely a team effort so i can't really put it on um jimenez not being really a part of like the game too much but at like the same time it's it's just crap like, it is, I'm, I'm gonna be really negative this whole show i don't even care 
well, I, I'm going to cut you off because you are being very negative, but yeah. um, I'm kind of okay with it. The, the big question is you made a comment there about the team selection. How would mm. you have done it differently? Well, I mean, look, the, like, I, th- I think we can safely say that the Jimenez project really should be definitively over now. And um, I said, I said last podcast, I was like, this is the make or break point. And if it doesn't work, it like no more Jimenez for me. We really should have started um, uh, Vinicius, in my opinion. And it's, I mean, honestly, after like a Wobi came on as well, I feel like that was a massive, massive shift in the game. Even Sasa Lukic, I just feel like it was, it, it just wasn't, it was, it was, uh, there was a lot of loyalty going on with um, the selection. And I know last week I said we should go for like our tried and tested, but it it just didn't work in this game. I don't know. It just, it just like at no point did we really feel like we were in control except towards like the second half after we made like a whole bunch of changes. Um, Vinicius came on, um, Iwobi came on, Sasa Lukic came on, Kenny came on and that seemed to inject something else. I don't know. It just, I don't know. Like what, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? It just, it just didn't feel right. I guess the question on top of that is we're saying that the human experiment is, is done. Uh, I do. I do kind of agree with that. I think Vinicius needs to start the next game. It doesn't, I, I, but the problem is you could also look at it and go, well, the next game is against Sheffield United who are rock bottom, struggling to score goals, conceding goals like, like crazy. Surely that's a great time for Jimenez to score his first goal. But I, but I feel like you yeah. could just keep going like that on and on and on. That's the problem. Yeah. So it, for me, it's, it's got to be Vinny. I, I can't yeah. see another way around it. It's 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 as simple as this for me. Um, I think um, I know I know I know you shouldn't really compare like these these two types of players, but I think confidence is so important. And if you look at and because it, it's it's like it's a it's really it's mentality at the end of the day. If you think of somebody like Harland who doesn't necessarily get like. Um, uh, if he doesn't get like his first couple of attempts at goals, he will keep trying, keep pushing um, until he gets his goal. And that's why he usually gets it. Uh, like, I feel, I feel really sorry for Jimenez, but like, I, I, I don't, I don't think he can come back this season. Maybe next season he can have a bit more of a clean slate, but I mean, what he's had, I, 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 cause I heard it on commentary. It's, he hasn't scored in 30 games. And um, Vinicius has scored five in his last eight. Like, you can't really argue with those statistics anymore for me. And it just, like, yeah, it's just, you're right. It's just got to the point now where I don't know how Silva can keep making excuses for a striker who is not scoring goals. And And look, I think we're all on the same page. We... We support every Fulham player. I know we, we criticise at, at the same time as well, but I, I really want Jimenez to do well. But at the end of the day, you've got to put the team first. And if he's not scoring goals, it, it's wonderful putting all this faith in him, but we need to score goals to win games. Vinicius, mm. we, I'm not saying Vinicius is the answer either. I'm not saying he's our saviour and he's the person who's going to change everything for the club. But, you know, he's he's in some pretty good form at the moment. and. When he came off the bench, I thought, 
the way we played changed. And you could maybe put that down to Iwobi. You could put that down to the fact that we were already 2-0 down and could be a little bit more expressive. But when Vinny's on the pitch, we seem to play very slightly differently and I, I mm. like it. I think yeah, we look more dangerous going forward. You know, Vinny created more chances in the time that he was on the pitch than Jimenez did. And I, I I can't remember if I was, I wasn't messaging anyone actually because it was 3am in the morning when I was watching it. But <laughs> afterwards, um, I, I just felt like Jimenez for the first half, I, I didn't even realise he was there. And, I was Andreas say Pereira the as well. To, like he was like to a ghost. Point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, being a striker isn't just about scoring goals. It's, it's being in the right positions. It's linking the play. It's being a presence and tiring out defenders. I just didn't see enough of that from Jimenez in in such an important game, where the guy should be up for it. And it just it didn't feel like a local derby. It felt like we were just playing a top six team and getting battered by them. I look, I'll I'll defend him. And to be honest, I'm not even sure if this is fully even defending him because I genuinely don't think it was for lack of effort. Um, uh like how like Jimenez was playing. Cause I, I felt, I always feel effort from him, but you know, if like with, with Vinicius, he plays with this real underdog mentality. Like he, he's so, he's really ferocious. And I feel like he's always like fighting to essentially be like, look at me. I can be the guy. And maybe Jimenez has kind of suffered a little bit from essentially Silver going, no, you're my guy now. And um, Jimenez kind of plays like he's desperately trying to keep his position as opposed to when Vinicius plays, he's like fighting for that right to be seen. And as a result, he's just so much more present and he's so much more boisterous. Like he did a stupid thing, um, uh, like basically punching um Thiago Silva in the back of the, the head. forearm on the back of yeah. the head. But you know Silva's what? Head. That was brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and that's right. It's like I know that you're there. I know that you're like pushing. I know that like because you kind of need to be a dick when you're a striker. You need to you need to like be reminding your defenders, hey, don't I was a bit about to swear, but don't like mess around me because I will kick your ass and I am here and I am I am bustling around and I am a handful for you. Whereas I feel that, um, and I don't think it's necessarily him as his fault. He's just not necessarily that player or he's definitely not that player anymore. But even when he was that player, I always remember him being more like quick and agile and getting into the box, but nowhere near as strong and boisterous as Vinicius is. And uh, if, if chances aren't going to be created for, um, uh, Jimenez or Vinicius, you you got to be boisterous. You got to be creating those chances on your own. And I I feel that even if Vinicius and this this is where the debate gets hard, doesn't it? Because like even if Vinicius can't fully like um, convert all of his chances, at least he's creating them. And like if for me, you just as a striker, you need to be creating chances for yourself. Moving away from the striker chat, uh, a yeah, lot of chat was <laughs> well. No, a lot, a lot was said about the fact that this is probably not the worst, but one of the games where Polina was completely out of the game. You know, we mm. we watched him against Man United, against Arsenal, against Man City, against these big teams, and he he really dominates a midfield. But Polina was another player who was kind of anonymous for the first half. 
We mm. didn't see any of those big booming tackles that we used to. And it, there's some interesting tactical breakdown that I saw where um, they basically said that the Chelsea side were able to very comfortably pass around him and yeah. basically had the ball played in. Polinius closes him down. It gets played instantly back again away from um, away from Polinia. He gets pulled out of position and they just pass around him. And mm. look, I think you'd be happier taking on Harris and Reed than you would be taking on Polinia. So they were more than happy to basically sacrifice a player to Polinia to to be used as a decoy so that they could get around him. And I, I really felt like Polinia didn't have a good game. And I think Fulham's performances usually hinge on Polinia having good games. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, I, I, I don't think this is a massive dilemma because I feel that few teams actually have the same depth that Chelsea do. I mean, we're like, we, uh, I, I, I understand the comprehensive breakdown of that, but we also have failed to mention that. Um, Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez, Conor Gallagher, these are elite level players. That is a very, mm. very stacked midfield that can. Um, that can fully isolate a player and take them out of the game if they wish. Also as well, Chelsea um, uh, do so much work on the wings. So it doesn't really kind of um, benefit them to isolate the game in midfield. And we really hinge on isolating the game in midfield, or at least we try to. So, And a lot of teams do do that. So when... Um, I. Um, I, I feel that it it does kind of make sense that that would happen. Uh, I, I, I just feel that this game had really poor foresight. Like, I feel that we went into it kind of just expecting that we would put up a decent fight. But the entire mm. game, we just played Chelsea's game. And it's just so frustrating to say that because um, we we shouldn't be playing Chelsea's game. And you can make the argument that what? It's like that sixth seventh game um together under like Pochettino so maybe now it should be um starting to come good but like, like why weren't we able to just fully control that game setup when this is a very very young Chelsea team and we are very established playing with each other now it's well look it's I, I think we can also uh, you mentioned it before we can definitely say that Chelsea they're, they're, they're way underperforming where they should be at the moment. The talent that they've got in their squad. I mean, the fact that you've got someone like Raheem Sterling coming off the bench for you late in a game. Um, we we shouldn't be getting points out of a game like this. You hope you do. Uh, and maybe a tuna loss, considering how poorly I think we actually played across the whole game, is kind of a fair result at the end of it and actually not a terrible result. It's just the mm. fact that Chelsea have been performing so poorly recently. We feel like we should be taking advantage of moments like this. And maybe actually we were just sort of blinded to the fact that Chelsea aren't that bad a team. Mm. Um, and we're sort of struggling to really string anything together at the moment. I mean, we're fortunate we've got Sheffield on the weekend and we can bounce back. Um, but yeah, look, Sammy, just to sort of draw a line under this Chelsea game, um, do you think there's anything really serious that we have to consider that we need to look at because um, it, it wasn't a great performance? I mean, I mean, asking me that question though, I can't draw a line in the Chelsea conversation just because I'm going to have to. You no more monologuing from you, no, today, so I'm going to have well, to try and get something I, something short and sweet. Well, okay. Well, how about how about how about instead of um, a monologue, I can flick back to you a potential question. Um, if 
if you're running a club, I do you see this as um, uh, a potential question that is, uh, what is our what, like? What are our long term goals here? You know, because like I I, I feel that like. Like I feel that this lost is really indicative of like uh, a lack of desire kind of going on, and I think uh, you might be looking too far into this because it's a because it's a derby loss. Uh, I I more mean uh, you know in terms of team selection, do you think we need to now make some sweeping changes, or or do you just put this down to one bad game where we weren't on on our A game and we just got taken apart by more. A, a well-drilled side who are actually starting to come together under Pochettino. Well, I, th- I think I think in situations like this, when you have an opportunity to strike on a team like this, you should be taking that opportunity. Like, I mean, I, we'll talk about it later. But um, uh, uh, the the girls absolutely spanked their opposition. And you could go into that being like, well, we should obviously win, but you have to do it. And we didn't do it. So I think we need a serious shakeup. And my biggest fear is that it's not actually going to happen and that we are probably going to go into Sheffield uh, with more or less the exact same squad. I would, l- I, I, I would love for us to see this as a nope we need to reassess we need to go back to the drawing board because i think we just rocked up thinking it would be fine and it really really wasn't yeah look i i think you're probably right that we just need a little bit of a shake up i don't even think it's i don't think it's panic stations quite yet but look tim ream hasn't looked himself diop's made a couple of errors now so far this season Harrison Reed alongside Polina, is it fully working? Because when we see someone like Lukic and Awobi come on, it does seem to make a difference. We talked last week about should Andreas Pereira still be starting? Iwobi probably looked more exciting when he came off the bench. Is Willian working? Like he, he's been maybe fractionally toothless the last few weeks. And um maybe you do just need a bit of a shift and a bit of a bit of a mix up to actually reinvigorate the team and there's guys who are hungry on the bench and ready to go too yeah I so just really, it, it makes I'd, sense i'd really like to see silver be just really really ruthless in like these next couple of weeks like i'd really like to see him do some serious serious changing to um the squad i i, I fear that he's maybe gotten attached to like some of these players um quite rightly but i i heard poster cogler actually say something the other day where he um said that he worked um, he has this reputation at various clubs where um, players will have been working with him for three years and they reckon they've only said five words to him because he, in his mind, he has to make awful decisions and he'd rather not be emotionally attached to the players in any way because it's all for the benefit of the club. I want to see some of that because I feel that um, I, I understand trusting in your players, but I feel that it's we, like we got to act for like what's best for like the club now. And I feel that this sh- we should take this as um, uh, how to move on and move forward. And yeah, uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully we see a positive change. I don't know. Well, 
Let's have a quick look just before we do finish up talking about the Chelsea game at some of the stats. 55% possession for Fulham, actually dominating possession for the game. Um, mm. 10 shots for Fulham to Chelsea's 11, three shots on target to Chelsea's four. Fulham with 561 passes to Chelsea's 462. Interestingly, the exact same amount that Crystal Palace had last week. Random. Yeah. Um, mm. <clears throat> Fulham with eight corners to Chelsea's one. Fulham with 15 fouls to Chelsea's 12. So, I mean, the stats there say that the game was fairly even and maybe even Fulham dominating, but it doesn't really tell the whole picture, which is why you can't just look at statistics when you look at things like this. Surely um, that would have all been the second half um, because, like, in the first half, I'm pretty sure Raul only had one shot on goal and that was the only shot for the first half. Uh, yeah, possibly. I'm not sure. Sometimes weird things count as shots like crosses that end up being on target count as a yeah. shot strike yeah. a bit weird but um look looking forward the game coming up this weekend is the game against Sheffield United Saturday the 7th of October that is a 3 p.m kickoff in the UK it's a 10 p.m for the w uh, west coast of Australia 1 a.m now that it's daylight savings for those on the east coast of Australia 7 a.m kickoff over in the uh west coast of the US 10 a.m. kickoff on the East Coast. Sammy, looking towards this game, if we have a look at Sheffield United's recent form, we've got a loss on penalties to Lincoln City in the Carabao Cup, uh, where it was nil-nil at full time, uh, a 2 all draw with Everton, a 2-1 loss to Tottenham, an 8-0 loss to Newcastle, and a 2-0 loss to West Ham. Should we be looking at this game and just going, this has to be three points, similar to the Luton game? Well, I think it has to be. I think it just has to be three points. But the rea- but the reality is, um, like, uh, I, I, I was I was listening to a podcast the other day that was just um, uh, discussing our attacking statistics and how poor they actually are. I'm not sure if you've um, done too much research into it, but we're pretty much second last across the board for like shots within the box. Um, shots on target, the amount of shots taken per game. It's it's really, really concerning for me, at least. So, yeah, we can see this as uh, it must be three points. But at this stage, I'm not I'm not convinced anything is just uh, has to be three points for us because at the end of the day, I, like, the guys have to rock up to it and we have to be able to dominate uh, the game. And it's all very well and good us being like, oh, surely, and we will and you would think but until i actually see it i am stressed because sheffield's gonna be looking at this being like we can take fulham uh, you're not wrong i mean if you if you have a look at the recent form it 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 does read like it should be an easy fulham win but we've seen we saw how hard it was to break Luton down i mean they created chances as well they should have put away a couple of headers one of them hit the post another one uh, was a tame header straight at leno in that game we we Kind of got fortunate that Vinny came off the bench and scored a pretty pretty simple goal in the end. But we can't afford to let these ones slip through our fingers. Mm. Uh, I mean, if we have a quick look at the table at the moment, um, we'll see that Fulham currently sitting in 13th place with eight points. Uh, a win here takes us to 11 from our first eight games. Would you be happy with that as a start? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I I, I feel like... Do you, do you remember? Do you remember last season where it was there was 
so much elation and excitement. And yeah, last season was a bit of an anomaly and it was, it was a great and awesome time. Uh, it, this, it's been a drama filled start. And um, the way in which we're playing at the moment, like, I, I don't I don't really want to compare it to Parker Ball because I feel like everyone's doing that. But I it is kind of similar in the sense that I feel that we're the goals that we're scoring don't necessarily feel like the best worked ones. And it it doesn't feel the same as last year. And so I don't know. I don't know because I mean it's what you said before. Like statistics don't always tell us everything. And yeah, we could we could come eleven points from uh, like the however many games we've played already. But I'm 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 not fully convinced yet that everything's going to be okay. The only thing that's slightly helpful is the fact that we do have a lot of crappy teams. I mean, you can pretty much guarantee that. Burnley and Sheffield are going to go down. You would think, you would think, but um, yeah, it's it's really difficult. It's it's very um, it's very stressful. I feel like um, the joy when we first started this podcast is slipping through my fingers a little bit. Oh, I mean, cheer up a bit. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, no, nope, I need a vent here. I need a vent. I need to get it out. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, the off. big the big thing here is well, we're playing Sheffield. They are rock bottom at the moment. They've picked up one point from their seven games so far. That point was against a very poor Everton side who themselves have only picked up four this season. Mm. They've got the worst goal difference in the league this year. I mean, looking at their team, there's there's not a huge amount there that I think Fulham should actually be too worried about. It's it, it does come down, as you said, to can Fulham score the goals to actually get a win here? Because at the end of the day, we do need to score just one goal to win this game, in my opinion. I, I can't see Sheffield offering a huge amount going forward. And I expect there'll be a few changes to the Fulham lineup as well, and I think our defence will be shored up a little bit more. Even if it's not, I think Tim Ream and Diop have points to prove after the last few games. I think we'll probably see Kenny Tete come back from injury. Um, and, yeah, I, I think this... Start. Surely a uh, Yeah, look, I think it's got to be. But, I mean, you, you just never know with Silver. It it does make sense to me to, to stick with Jimenez in a game like this where you go... This is your chance. This is a team who have conceded 10 goals in their last two games. Go out mm. there, score. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you never know. Um, so, look, I, I think it, it's a must win for me. Um, the, if we lose this game, I think then it's not panic stations quite, but you're getting to the point now where you're going, right, good. I think we might we might be in for a bit of a scrap this season and we might get dragged into a bit of a relegation dogfight if we don't show up for games like this. Mm. So it's gonna it's definitely going to test the character of the squad. Um, uh, I'm interested now to see if we can really kick on because looking at the table here, Brentford sitting level on points with us. I, I, they're not that good this year compared to last year, but I can see them kicking on and, and improving. Below them, Wolves, I know they got a good win against Man City, but I, I don't think they're going to be consistent enough throughout the whole season. And then you've got Everton, Luton, Burnley, Bournemouth and Sheffield. I think that's going to be the bottom five come the end of the season as well. I just worry that Fulham might get dragged into that. It's so hard to tell because I, I, I as well, like if, I mean, like two injuries to our squad, uh, like whoever they may be, 
Like, yeah, of oh, course. Can you, can you imagine if Polina got injured, or like even even someone like like even even if like genuinely like Harrison Reeb copped an injury. I know he's kind of fighting for a spot right now, but just um just that depth it, it does benefit us, and at least that choice of selection does benefit us a lot. Like, uh, and to be honest, like because um I, I, like the squad stretched so thin pretty sure like injuries are bound to happen i mean if you think of like how many games like andreas Pereira like played like last season mm. i don't know yeah so look uh it's it's going to be a, an interesting game i think fulham should be looked at as favorites uh, i'll pull up another quick slide here for those following along live on the youtube just our top goalers goal scorers list so far this season carlos vinicius sitting top with two goals Deckard Overeed, Pereira, Polina, and Tim Ream, all with one goal apiece. But, I mean, that speaks volumes, the fact that the man coming off the bench is our top goal scorer so far this mm, season. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much more about the whole striker situation because I think we've already done it to death. Yeah, but, and everybody um, else talks about it as well. So it's like, what what, what are we saying? That's it's not just that. It does, it does need to be discussed. But at the end of the day, um, we just don't know what Silver's going to do most of the time. So mm. I feel like it's it's kind of pointless discussing it almost. Um, let's move on, though, and talk about um, some good news. And we'll talk about the Fulham women's team, who um, I've got a lovely little slide here saying Sweet 16, because it was Ooh. a Sweet 16. I know, good. Um, Fulham women's in the Vitality Women's FA Cup, 16-0 winners against Stenning Town Football Dude. Club. Uh, just a, a serious display of how far this team has come. Uh, I did a bit of research earlier and went back through past results. Since the women's team was reformed back in 2014, uh, this is Fulham's biggest victory in any game. I believe we might have won 10-0 in the FA Cup previously, um, like six or seven years ago, but 16-0 is it's a statement, Sam. Oh, I mean, well, we 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 said before that um the the girls have got killer instincts at the moment, and um it's look it's all very well and good to have all the money in the world um uh to be a team like PSG and have Messi and Neymar and Mbappe um and be teams like Man City uh that have every single player at their disposal. It seems like that, but you know you also have to show up. And you also have to actually play with venom and aggression and dominance and believe that you're the shit with every game that you go into. And so, yeah, we we said surely the girls should like completely steamroll this game, and they did it. And they oh, they smashed them. And it's it's so great to see. It's so awesome to see like the girls do that. I mean, Sophie Manzi got six goals. That's ridiculous. That's mental. Like, um, I again, I wish we had more footage of this game because we're literally going off um, what like a sixty-second highlight, and all that was literally just each individual goal. <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, it literally allowed four seconds per goal, which yeah. is just kind of uh, less than four seconds per goal, actually. But um, you're right. And look, after the game, my I, I tweeted about the victory and how impressive it was. But the the word that just came to mind was clinical. Yeah, because that's what you need to be against teams like this. And look, you, you can take your foot off the gas, but I think the biggest thing here is you don't want to take your foot off the gas. You actually want to make a statement. This is an FA Cup game, and you've got to play a team in the next round. And 
you get drawn against that side and they'll they'll look at your previous fixture and look at how you've done so far this year. And when a team sees 16 nil, they go, wow, this team scores goals. And uh, you mm. look at our league form as well. And we, we put the ball in the back of the net. That's what we're really good at. Oh, um, that's, that's like you said. Yeah. Like you said, Sophie Manzi with six, Sasha Adamson with three. The, the fact that she scored um, two goals so early in the game as well, seventh and tenth minute, she got a hat trick. Uh, Georgia Heisman with one in the 38th minute, uh, Lily Lambert with one in the 40th, and then Edie Bouchelle with a second half hat trick. A couple of own goals there as well. And look, those own goals are purely the result of pressure. The, the girls mm. putting the ball in the right areas, putting the ball in the box and, and forcing mistakes. Um, but the best part about this, the really best part about this, and I really just want to keep on driving this home, is they should have done it, and they did. And that's why I love it. Because, I mean, honestly, if you compare like um, the men's who should have done something and the girls who did do something, it's like, who's who's got who's got that killer instinct going on? It's the girls. And yes, you can say they should have done it, but at least they did. You know, they put the money where their mouth is, and they mugged that team, and it was great. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all about getting wins and, and doing it well and doing it properly. And uh, look, there were shades of, you know, the Arsenal invincible side, the way the ball was just being walked into the back of the net most of the time. So I don't think so there were many instances where the goals are scored from outside the six-yard box. And you don't get into the six-yard box unless you're building up really smartly. Mm. There, it looked like there was a lot of good work down the wings, Um uh, and just some really clinical finishing. We didn't miss chances. Uh, I think if if anyone who was following along the live tweets, it was brilliant just following along and seeing goal <laughs> after goal after goal. But um, you know they 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 tweet and they also tweet when there are close chances. And I think I think there were maybe like eighteen tweets through the whole game. Sixteen of them were goals. I think Sophie might have hit the post at one point, um, and maybe one other time we went close. But really. The, the the story here is just the fact that we we score goals. We put the ball in the back of the net and we've come through what could, you know, sometimes be seen as a potential banana skin. These are games that you have to be a little bit careful about. Small teams are always looking to upset the the Giants and we, we know what it's like with, with cup sets. We've seen it before ourselves. Um, and, and so it's just, I'm just glad we got through this game comfortably. Mm. Um, what it does well. do is, it, yeah, go oh, on to me. Uh, just the goals as well. They were so assured. Like there was, there was so mm. much confidence behind each goal that was scored, and like, just, just, just to, just to see, um, like Cantona esque, just like, um, just Cantona esque, just ball goes in the back of the net, and then the girls are walking around like, yeah, that's right, and it's just awesome. It's so good. It's so, so, so good. So it's genuinely so proud of these girls. So it's it's a joy. It's a genuine joy covering them. Well, what it does do is it sets us up with a third round qualifying game against Actonians Football Club. Now, Actonians play in the WPL Division One, uh, so they're a league above us. Uh, this is the league that we'd be hoping to get into at the end of the season. Uh, they're based in uh, Chiswick. They actually came out of Chiswick United and and then formed themselves as Actonians. Um, they've been in some fairly good form. They obviously come into the FA Cup at this stage, so this is their first cup game of the season. Um, they got beaten 5-1 by Norwich recently, but they beat Chesham 5-0, lost 2-1 to Cambridge United, drew 1-0 with Ashford Town. 
it's that you know they're not high flying in their league at the moment um so it's it's probably a good time to come up against a side like this uh mm-hmm. the game is the 22nd of october it's at rectory park which is in north holt um it's a 2 p.m kickoff on the sunday so um anyone who is uh looking for something to do on sunday the 22nd of october please get down and support the women in the fa cup um after this round when you get to the second round of um oh no sorry the fourth round of qualifying you're one game away then from uh, having the big boys come into the league. So, sorry, into the cup. So, winning this game could see us get set up against, um, you know, some real giants of of women's football. And um, there's a lot of teams from lower leagues in there still, based on the draw. So there's there's the potential for Fulham to have a bit of a cup run here. But this is going to be a tough game against a team in the division above. The one thing I will say though is Fulham women have recruited really well and pulled a lot of players from this league so mm. there is there is some potential there that that Fulham will actually be able to do do one over Actonians and um look Actonians currently sitting eighth in their league at the moment so like I said not having the best season so far but it's definitely not going to be a walk in the park oh yeah I mean uh confidence is everything in games like these and I mean you you uh, I mean especially in like the lower ranked um sides a lot of these teams are going to essentially keep on um, prevailing just based on the way in which that they're managed. And you, you, you see it a lot. Like um, teams can uh, typically go up one league and then immediately go up another one just because they're managed better. And so, I, I mean, I'm, re- I'm really behind um, the story of um, the women's team. I feel like they can really take on like whoever comes their way there's they're so steely eyed at the moment you can feel like a serious kind of um camaraderie and an energy between them all they seem to they seem to be so in sync and they they, they just deserve to like i mean every team does to an extent but may, maybe not even deserve i just want to see them go as far as physically possible i want i want to see them like genuinely go up against some top tier like premier league sides and really just show them what they're worth because these girls are just with they're, they're worth i was about to say they're worth every penny but like um we need to get more pennies actually into them um uh, like they're 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 oozing they're oozing um uh, finesse right now and uh i i, I just want to see them go as physically far as possible you know yeah absolutely um moving away from the cup and into the league and and the game coming up this weekend uh, Sunday the 8th of October, 2.30 kickoff at Motspur Park. Please do, again, get down to support the Fulham women's when they're playing at home. A beautiful run of games at home coming up. So uh, this is the next one, and um, it's it's going to be a pretty tough game, actually. There's a few teams after this where we, we would be expected to win. Sutton United currently sitting fourth in the league. Uh, they've got three wins from their six games so far. The goal difference of minus five, though they've they've copped a few batterings along the way when they have lost. Um, but Fulham in second, Sutton in fourth. Uh, this one has a potential to to be quite a tight game, Sammy, especially after Millwall, who you know are, are struggling this year in the league, but they they pushed us close last week. Pushed us close, but um, I mean, it's we were talking about it with Tia the other day, weren't we? Um, just how do you? um power through games because when they when they one nil down in the first half and found a way to like mm. claw their way back that's so impressive i mean you think of um 16 16 um nil 
against potentially a pretty unprepared squad. But I think it's almost more impressive when you can actually find a way to come back from like two one down against an equal, if not um, a slightly better team in theory. Um, it just really speaks volumes to the way in which the girls are like thinking about the game and approaching these games. Uh, so I genuinely think that they're up for like any challenge that they can do. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just exciting. It's just, it's just, it's just really, I mean, it's, it's shades of Tottenham at the moment. It's just, you think um, there's a potential for anything to happen because the team seems to be in such a good place. And I really like saying that it's just, it's just nice, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit like last year um, uh, with like the men's, but now we're just getting it with the women's. I'm more than happy with that. You know, at least at least there's one team that, that I can confidently say I can go in with a smile actually discussing, you know? Mm. Yeah, look, it's 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 hopefully a game where we just show that we are that team this year. We We can't really afford to lose games, especially with Dartford in such good form at the moment. These are games where you, you sort of set a marker for the season. Um, you know, Dartford, if I'm just looking at the fixtures coming up this weekend, Dartford are playing against Crawley. Uh, Crawley sitting in the league, uh, are currently bottom, no points from their five games, five losses, conceded 15 goals. Then Dartford aren't going to slip up in games like that, and we have to maintain pace and keep up with them for the whole season. Um, mm. So so this just it, – it makes games like this even more important because Dartford are going to have – that run later in the year where they have to play us again. They play Ebbsfleet. They'll play Sutton. These are games where we hope we pick up nine points across those three and Dartford maybe drop nine. Mm. And we can really pick up the pace. We, we're five points behind, which, you know, doesn't seem like much Well, at the moment, but you slip up a few times and, and that gap can really widen. And it's all about making sure we don't allow that gap to widen. So mm. uh, look, I, I'm backing us in to, to put in a really good result. I know um, we were probably fortunate that we didn't get pushed too hard in that cup game. So the girls are going to still be fairly fresh coming off with a lot of confidence. I mean, let's have a quick look at the top goal scorers for the season. It, it makes some pretty good reading considering we've only played seven games this year. That's the wrong slide. Where did I put it? Uh, here we go. The the women's top goal scorers so far. This uh, Sophie Manzi with nine goals from seven games so far this year, but also Sasha Adamson, Edie Bushell, Georgia Heisman, all with five. Um, big mention there as well. Edie Bushell's come off the bench in a few of those games, so the fact that she's still managed to put five goals away is pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Lily Lambert, Tia Foreman, Megaly Mendez, um, probably not usually among the goal scorers, but um, with two apiece. And uh, Mia Attaway, Maddie Parsonson, and Rachel Panting all with one goal each. So, look, I mean, with seven games gone in the season, we have 10 different goal scorers. That's, that's, um, that's so good. Because, like, you, and that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. No, no, keep, keep going, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, because, like, um, you, you can – you can rest on um, one player having an amazing season, but to see that it's just spread across the park, um, not even just lightly, just so densely spread across the park. It's, I mean, like, like, or like what do you say? I feel like the, like, I mean, I've, I've said it a couple of times already, but like these, these girls just, um, they're so tenacious and like, mm. they are clearly um, serving each other. Um, I mean, because like what? Like last time we did this, I think Georgia um, Georgia Heisman was um, top goal scorer. And now it's Sophie Manzi. And like, 
I can only hope that next week we have a new top goal scorer. And how awesome is that? Just constantly changing. They're all pushing each other. And uh, it's oh, it's just so good. It's just great. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Georgia was our top goal scorer a week ago. Um, and now she's fourth. I mean, second equal, but let's say fourth. She's fourth on the list or, um, with, with five goals from seven mm-hmm. games. Like anyone would be stoked to have five goals from seven games and to say that you're lagging miles behind your top goal scorer at that point. I mean, we, we've got 10 different goal scorers. We scored 33 goals in seven games so far this year averaging just shy of five goals a game, which is just outrageous. Yeah. And um, look, if if even if the defense is leaky, if we keep scoring goals at this rate, we are we, we're in for a seriously good season. Um, mm. So uh, I look, I, I'm backing us in for a win against Sutton. Uh, I think it is going to be a tough game. They're, they're not very good defensively in com- compared to to this Fulham team. I think the the fact that they have a negative goal difference despite winning half of their games so far this season just shows that that teams have the ability to take them apart and mm. the way we're attacking at the moment the way we're scoring goals I really see this one being um, not a comfortable win but I, I don't see us throwing an opportunity like this away yeah I th- I hope I hope for the girls that they actually get that clean sheet that they're chasing because I remember I remember, I remember Tia was um really pushing for that clean sheet and saying that that was like a club goal. And obviously they just got that in their 16 nil win, <laughs> but um, it would be not, it would be great to see them actually get it like within the, within the league. I think they, got, they totally deserve that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like you said, it's, it's, it's so good seeing some really good results so far this season from the women's team. And um, it, it just, it's, it's really positive at the moment. And I think that's what you want. And, like you said, Tia did mention that they really want that clean sheet and it's it, it's going to be grinding against them. I don't think the clean sheet against um, Stenning Town is really going to feel like much of an achievement. No offence to Stenning Town, obviously, but when you beat a team 16-0, um, you, you don't really walk away going, oh, thank God we got a clean sheet in that game because uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Stenning had a huge number of chances. But if you walk away from a game against Sutton who – are currently sitting in the top four and, and looking like, you know, they'll probably push for promotion this year. A clean sheet in that game really feels like an achievement. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I really hope that we do manage to cop that clean sheet finally and uh, get that one off our back a little bit to to really add some confidence to the whole of the team because I think there's a lot of confidence up the top, but maybe not so much down the back quite yet while we're not keeping those clean sheets. Yeah, but with like again, like these, um, I I feel that the goals that are no pun intended, the goals that are being set, um, uh, by the girls, they they're they're such strong ones. I mean, obviously, going into like any game that they play with like, um, uh, a, a an animalistic like tenacity is a great goal. But then also just like thinking like methodically and not resting on the fact that um. Uh, they can just score goals. They're looking to like tighten up their fence. They're looking to be really the perfect team across the park. I mean, that's that's championship. Um, that that's championship logic. You know, and I, I I just want to see them go all the way. I want to see them comfortably comfortably win this league um, because I mean it, it. They they should they should be. I mean, this is their time. You know, like this is this is their story and. Yeah, I just, I just, I just want to see that full stop put in the narrative, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a long way to go, but I think the start we've had and the way this team is playing and coming together and the signings we've made, 
it really does feel like this might be the year that we finally get that one promotion spot and uh, make our way up the leagues and and really start to challenge higher up the leagues where where I think Fulham actually really belong. Mm. Um, Sammy, it's been a really good chat. I'm I'm wary that you don't want to talk about Chelsea ever, so we we quickly skipped over that. And uh, I know it's just clicking over midnight for you, and you've probably got a very early start tomorrow. So. Uh, I think it's worth us wrapping it up here. Um, anything you want to say? Just we've we've covered a lot with a review of the Chelsea game, a review of the women's team, and um, looking forward to the two games coming this weekend. Anything you want to do to wrap up? Oh, I mean, um, well, counteracting the negativity, uh, I've said a whole bunch of things that I really like at the moment. Do you have anything that you really like at the moment that you want to share with the lovely people? I, I would like some sleep. My children aren't giving me very much of that, so I would like some sleep. Um, yeah. But no, look, uh, I've to be honest, I'd just like a Fulham win. I'd like three points this weekend. I don't want it to be tight. I want us to just have a really nice, comfortable game where we play against a team who we should be flogging and we do flog them. Jack, That's you do have two beautiful t- um, children that you could have just said that um, I'm very happy for my children and I love them, but you went for... Fulham, yeah, well, Fulham comfortable win. Like, I put like that said, right in your hands. And like then I you, said, you, they're not giving me much sleep at the moment. And that's so they're true. far yeah. down my list at the moment. I'd much rather a Fulham win. Get um, dogs. Get dogs. I have two. They are my pride and joy. I also love my oh, dogs. And I, I also love I've doing that. Kids and craven. I can't give away the kids. Uh, <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's us for the week. And I have dogs and kids, and that's way too much. Anyway, let's wrap it up there, Sammy. Again, thank you for joining me. I know it's late, so I do appreciate you uh, letting me put my children to bed before we podcast. Um, But it's it's been good to just sort of draw a line under the Chelsea game and and move forward and move on with our lives and look forward to hopefully uh, a few wins this weekend. Uh, Didn't manage to get around to talking about the under-21s today. They play Leicester again on... um, I think it's on Sunday they play, but we will wrap up that game uh, once the under-21s are finished there and uh, we'll be able to talk about that next time. So thank you again, Sammy. Thank you to everyone who's joined along on the live stream tonight. Thank you to everyone who continues to listen to That So Craven. We really do appreciate it. Sammy, you got something to say before we close out? Well, I was just going to say, if you need any parenting advice, you should do what I do with my two children. I just put like some peanut butter in the other room and then I just go do this. Uh, peanut butter is called the television and it gets turned on and then I get peace and quiet and it's lovely. iPad logic. Love it. Mm, not far off. But look, guys, um, thank you again for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone, as I said, who listens along. Thank you to all the people who follow us on Twitter, on YouTube. Follow us and make sure you get our podcast coming straight to you as soon as it's released. Uh, make sure you subscribe to all of our content because you want to see it. We want to we give it to you. We love you. We love you all. It's so lovely to have you. You make our lives better. It's so nice. Weird, but okay. <laughs> so thank you again, everyone. And until next time, come on, you whites. <laughs>